Kuzisa. Kuzisa. Kuzi. Kuzessa? Welcome, everyone, to the fifth episode of the South Fury Watch podcast. Uh, we've made it five episodes in without an answer back from our colleagues out in the great dark, uh, which is a little troubling. Uh, we're sending our warm wishes to them. A quick thank you to our listeners. I am proud to say that the first few episodes have accrued a respectful audience and over 100 plays. I'm glad that you guys are enjoying the pod, and I hope you continue to listen. Also, a quick shout out to the people who make this pod a possibility. First and foremost, the South Fury Watch. Without you guys, this pod wouldn't exist. And I appreciate the willingness to uh, suffer being interviewed by me. And also to my good friend, Super Ghost. Uh, Super Ghost makes beats and he's a great person to work with. You can check him out on SoundCloud. I've included a link to his stuff in the description in this episode. All right. With all that out of the way, our next guest tonight is an avid role player, a slayer of dragons. Uh, she's a passionate fan of trolls, and from what I understand, a pretty solid healer in raids. Give it up for Coos! Hello! Coos, how are we doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing alright. A little nervous here. A little nervous here, okay. Well, that's alright. Um, you know, pretty easy question up front then here, Coos. How do you actually say your name? Kuzessa. Kuzesa. Yeah, usually Kuzesa, yeah. Kuzesa, okay, because it seems like people, I don't know, we're having trouble with it uh, the past couple episodes, so we just wanted to you know, get the uh, the real version there. So, Kuzesa, what got you into roleplay? Uh, always been kind of a roleplayer since I was little. It first kind of started off as just playing like you know, my favorite characters in a TV show or a video game with people in like uh, AOL chat rooms and things like that. Uh, but I stopped for a while when uh, my favorite roleplay partner decided to didn't want to anymore. And then it was kind of boring. I thought I'll try roleplaying in WoW. So you, you role-played in, like, chat rooms and stuff. Did you role-play in other games as well? No, but I did role-play in Discord for a bit. How long has Discord been out now? I can't even remember. Uh, I think it's been around for at least a few years. Jeez, I remember back in the day when it first came out, it was, like, super popular, and everybody was convinced that it wouldn't be free forever, but... Yeah, now here we are with it, and the only thing that you would have to pay for is Nitro, so that's kind of cool. Um, so, you've been role-playing for a long time. Have you played, like, Dungeons & Dragons and stuff, or have you been into other role-playing games? Uh, I have had one role-playing session with uh, Seedrith once, because I told him I never experienced it. And uh, I played a Tiefling Rogue, and... Uh, uh, what did I do? Oh yeah, I wedgied him to death. Oh, <laughs> that's brutal. 
Yeah. It was kind of exciting. Why did you do that? I think he was trying to pick a fight with me. So I used the little magic can spell and I crit really hard. <laughs> Apparently he killed him. Oh. So I imagine that that, uh, that roleplay session did not last very long. And then there was another one where uh, my tiefling would... Uh, he worked with a few people from this guild... And uh, he made a few goblins kill each other, and he also stole from an old lady. That's kind of sadistic. Yeah, I kind of wanted to embrace the assholishness of a tiefling. Oh. So, yeah, you you roleplay a lot of different characters in WoW, but you know the ones that I can really list off of the top of my head. I mean, you have an orc, and I know that you have a tauren, but the other ones that I know of are trolls. Um. Are most of your characters trolls? Yeah, a good majority of them. Okay, so what really got you into troll lore? Like, what is it about them that you know draws your attention? Well, it really just kind of drew my attention when I started role playing as twos. It was my first time role playing as one, and I'd always come across like these tribes I've never heard of, or these loa I had no clue were, and I had these people talk about it. I was like, I should know it. So I'd have to go in and look and figure out what the hell they're talking about. And, you know, eventually, you know, I knew more and more. And I wanted to make trolls from different tribes. And that actually piqued my interest more. And, well, the rest is history. So just kind of over time, you became this uh, this this troll guru, perhaps? I guess if you could call me that. <laughs> so, you know, with all of your different characters... Um, I think that it would be difficult to keep things original. What is your process for making a character? Um, usually I end up inspired by a variety of different characters I see in different medias. And sometimes someone will overlap, but I try to keep them original. Like, uh, Kuz was inspired by a variety of what they call... Uh, I can't remember the term. Sorry. Generally, the type of characters that are very goofy and happy, and you know, they always seem like you know nothing's ever wrong, but on the inside, they're actually either kind of empty, or sadistic, or just incredibly depressed. It's like a comedian. Yeah, something like that. So, oh, Stepford Smiler—that's the what it's called. Sorry, what is it again? A Stepford Smiler. I think the term was based off the Stepford Wives. Where everything seemed bright and sunny, but they, on the inside they were always kind of malicious. Oh, okay. So, yeah, kind of like your your happy grandma who poisons you with her cookies, maybe? Yeah. Or something like that. I see. Now, have you ever watched the TV show Westworld? No. Okay. Um, so... It's this. It's a TV show on HBO that um, you know. The premise of the show is that basically it's this theme park where uh, rich people get to go and you know pretend to play cowboy and kill people. Um, it's actually a really good show, but the park has uh, all these stories that uh, the creator has created, um, you know, made up, um, and they have this really kind of complex character creation system where they give characters like a score of, you know, like one to a hundred on different traits. Um, you know, these traits are like you know kindness, stubbornness, coordination, hubris, and apperception. Um, 
know, the reason the reason I bring these up is because you know we see a lot of these like similar things in TRP profiles. Um, you know, do you, do you enjoy like that kind of like uh, you know those those sliders or like assigning people like traits for character creations, or do you kind of have like a, a simpler approach? I don't think those are actually very good to use because things change depending on the situation or mood or the experiences they go through or even who they're talking to. So what do you mean? Well, like Possessa would be kinder to like the people in the watch than she would with like, say the Amani trolls since they have had this long term rivalry with each other. Okay. I mean, that's understandable, but do you think that, like, her stubbornness would change with, you know, with just anybody? Like, when she still kind of be headstrong if she were? Well, you know, there's certain people she'll give in to more, and then, like, there's times where she prefers to be more stubborn because she thinks it might annoy people more, and that'd be funny. Or she might think it's too dangerous or not good for her health to continue being headstrong and stupid. So she'll be more obedient, or at least... On the outside, she will be. To save her uh, head from the executioner's axe, maybe? Yes, essentially. So, yeah, I think the ones in TRP are, like, uh, greedy or altruistic, uh, spineless or, or brave. Um, you know, gre- or did, did I already say greedy? I don't know. But it, it's a lot of, like, polar opposites. Do you, do you still not see the use in those, or are those kind of along the same lines as that there's there's not a lot of consistency with your characters when it comes to those. Those things still fluctuate with her too. Like there are certain situations where she'll be braver and times where she'll be more cowardly or times where she'll want to be more greedy. Like say she's hungry or she really wants a drink or as if she's, you know, content that she's not going to have a whole lot of desire for material possessions. I think that they kind of serve as like a good, maybe intro to the character. Or like, um, you know, maybe the showcase something that's different about them. Like for example, for Lance, and I don't, I don't use TRP, but um, and ever since XRP was, it stopped being updated. I picked up MRP, which was one of those original ones, and they have that function as well. And one of the the traits that I do have for Lance is that he's not a he's less greedy than he is altruistic, and you know I have that there, um, because you know I don't have. Or Lance didn't grow up on Kazan, and so I kind of like figure that his character would be a little bit different than most of those in the Goblin Society. So I think for that purpose, you know, it could be good to show to show how your character might be a little bit different from others, or to give people like a preview of what your character is like. I mean, do do you have any of those character traits filled out for Kuzesa or for any of your characters? None at all. I feel like the. At a glances, and some of them I'll have, uh, you know, stuff in there about. And so, some characters will even have short stories for people to read if they want to. Oh, okay. So that's cool. Yeah, I think I the the at a glance features are also cool because you know those ones you can maybe portray like what you want people to know a little bit better. So, what is it about? I mean. How how do you really approach RP sessions, and do you have like any rituals that you do, or do you like do anything to like get yourself pumped up for roleplay, or uh, what is it that you do to you know get your creative juices flowing for if you're gonna write one of your sh- your short stories? Uh, 
actual role play. There's no real ceremony. I usually just can't be voiced because I can't focus on two things at once. So it's got to be voice or role play. Uh, but as for the creative short stories, usually I find music that fits the mood and then I'll start writing away. Do you have a lot of short stories for Kuzesa? Uh, I actually don't really have any for Kuz. I have some one for Zephyr, and I have one for uh, Kira. And then I wrote like a short story for a campaign that fell through, but none for Kuzesa. Okay. All right. So then we need to know more about Kuz then. So what's who is the, the Loa that Kuz worships? Um, that's actually fluctuated a lot throughout her lifetime. Right now it's Johnny, and that had begun while the watch was stationed in Zulzar. And, uh, she wasn't able to follow everyone out into the jungle because of an injury she had incurred. So she spent a lot of time in the city while she was recovering, and she's always kind of felt like she's had no real place, and always feels like she's left behind. So she came across Johnny, who likes pranks like she does and how she takes care of or he takes care of orphans and just felt like Johnny fit her perfectly. Isn't he the um isn't isn't he the garbage one? Yes he is. So so how does that translate into taking care of people who are left behind? Well, Johnny is usually like the patron of like orphans and such. Oh, okay, so it's not just he's the, the patron of the crap that's on the ground. See, that's what I thought he was. I thought he was like a joke Loa. No, it's like they like treasure things, you know, that people would throw away. And Kuzessa actually has something like that. She has a loot that she had found in the trash that was broken. And she had felt broken herself at that time. So she took it home and she repaired it and she learned how to play music and it made her feel a lot better too. I gotcha. Okay. So, so we've got Johnny, and then who was before Who was before Johnny? Um, She had Dambala for a while. Okay, and which Loa is that one? Dambala is the Loa of Treachery, and he's a snake Loa for the jungle <laughs> tribes. I feel like there's there's so many Loa, and you know, to be honest with you, I mean, BFA was helpful, but I guess I still am not really sure like what a Loa is. Um, so, you know, I feel, I feel like I missed like the troll 101 where they explain that. So what, what is actually Aloha? Aloha generally translate to being a great spirit. All trolls do worship spirits on a level, like you see with the witch doctors and their shamans. The Loa are generally the more powerful ones who have ascended and there are even some trolls who have ascended to the status of Aloha, which is why you often hear people talk about how Wuljin is going to become Aloha. So Loa then aren't necessarily just trolls who have ascended. They're just animals who are powerful. There are spirits who are powerful. Spirits who are powerful. Some of them choose to take on these form of animals. or Some of them are like uh, the wild gods that the druids will follow and they're technically also these great spirits and the trolls call them loa 
All right, so then some trolls can become Loa. Was Bwonsamdi a troll, or is he a spirit who just chooses to appear like a troll, if you know? Um, he's, as far as we know, not really a troll who ascended. He's just kind of been Loa is there, and he chooses to take on the form of a troll. And I think that's also because uh, they wanted him to take after, I think, his name was Baron Smeedy, Blizzard that is. So I think it's just a reference to that. Oh, okay. And so who is who is that other guy, Baron Samidi? Uh, to be honest, I don't know a whole lot. I just know that's also, I think, who Dr. Fossil is uh, also modeled after in the, the Frog Princess by Disney. Oh, okay. Um... I didn't see that movie, but I guess I can... So he's kind of just like an evil witch doctor type dude. I don't think Bonsani's technically well, yeah, evil, maybe, but... yeah, Maybe not evil, yeah. Haitian voodoo guy. Alright. So Loa are these wild gods, and trolls kind of worship them because they're powerful. And... Okay. Well, I guess that's helpful. Anyways. So we can move on to... World of Warcraft right now. So right now you play Kuzesa as a rogue. But what's the best class in WoW for you right now? Oh, right now I've been playing my Druid. I uh, main spec balance and then I off spec is resto. So do you do you heal in your raids or are you more of a DPSer? If depends on how many we uh, healers we have that night. If we're running low, which happens, then I'll end up healing. But generally, they want me to DPS. Okay. Which are you better at? I'm actually pretty darn good at both, I think. Yeah. Then which do you prefer? Uh, I prefer not to stick to one for too long. I like the variety. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that being a healer would uh, drive me nuts. I, we were doing a mythic, or not a mythic, um, a time-walking dungeon the other night, and healing on my priest was awful. Um, so I don't know how you guys do it. I'm definitely more of a DPS person myself. But I think that um, you know healing has definitely become a little bit easier maybe over the years. You know, like there was that classic stress test uh, that happened just the other day or today. Um, but I know that you didn't play classic or you didn't play vanilla. Are you excited to try that out? I am definitely excited to play it out. So you started in Mist of Pandaria, correct? Yeah, around that time. Okay. So that was the era when they had changed up the talent system. Um, they didn't, I mean, they didn't change much more than normal about the classes, but I know that that was, like, one thing that people were, you know, iffy about was how they changed talents. Um, what are you What are you looking forward to most when it comes to Classic? Uh, the talent trees, actually, <laughs> just mentioned. Oh, okay. Like the idea of not being completely restricted to a spec, and that's definitely a thing I really hate about BFA right now. It's like each spec feels really land and i think they're sacrificing a lot of the class identity in favor of spec identity from what from what i remember vanilla you still pretty much put most of your points into one of the talent trees um 
admit, you know, maybe I was doing it wrong. I was pretty young when I was playing vanilla. Um, but how is it that, well, like you, you can't get the end game ability for each of the trees, right? No, you can't. But from what I've seen, they actually do take talents from the, each of the trees, and they still can learn the spells from the other designated specs. So it's not like as a bear druid, I'm not going to be able to use Innervate. I could technically still learn Innervate if I wanted to. If you put enough points into Restoration? Yeah. Gotcha. Now, having not played it previously, what are your expectations for content and whatnot? Um, I've never played it before, and honestly, I'm not expecting to raid or even PvP much. I mostly just want to level the different classes in vanilla. That's kind of the fun part of it. And generally, what I enjoy about RPGs is the questing. It's not about the end game. So you're more into just like you know questing and stuff and hearing the stories. Maybe not so much into to, into the raiding or PvP. Yeah, I don't think I could put in time to raid for live and classic. And I also don't like the idea of only you know certain specs for each class are viable. I like Boomkin. I'm not gonna be able to raid as Boomkin really. I don't even know if Boomkin was a thing in um classic uh from what i've heard they call them oomkins because they're out of mana all the time uh-huh. and oh bots. oh okay well all right yeah i was reading um the 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 guide for hunters on wowhead and they were basically saying like how bad survival is outside of pvp and that the the last talent is pretty bad so i'm pretty sure that i'm gonna do like some kind of like survival mm mix but We'll see how that goes. I got killed by a boar yesterday while questing. Um, so <laughs> things aren't really looking very promising for me. Uh, but, you know, that's that's part of Classic's charm, I guess. Um, I mean, do you think that, you know, certain parts of Classic WoW are going to be better than retail aside from the talents? Well, I do. I think there's definitely parts that I can't understand why, you know, some people hate these certain aspects. But I actually enjoy their charm. Like, uh, shapeshifted druids can't talk to NPCs. And, oh, they can't? Uh, nope, they can't. Uh, I was, we got to, to bear, Seedrith and I, and we always had to shave out of bear in order to talk to NPCs to turn in quests or anything else. And I think they changed that for, you know, convenience sake, so that, you know, if you're playing a feral druid, you don't have to shape out every single time. Mm hmm. But I think that may adds more to the world, the little aspects like that, or having to carry ammo and, you know, these things that people might call tedious. Well, yeah, and I can understand that, but I also get where you're coming from. Like, you know, doing the quest in Duratar yesterday where, you know, we, we had to kill like a bunch of centaur um, in, in the... Uh, in the Valley of Trials or whatever, just outside of it. Um, you know, it felt like it was like this like big ordeal to go in there and kill people be or kill the centaur because they were spawning on top of each other. And like, if you didn't have time to like sit down and eat food, or if you didn't have a health pot, then you were basically screwed. Um, so I don't know that that was kind of cool to me because it made it made me feel like I had to prepare more. Um, so, and you, you definitely don't have that in like the modern iteration of wow. Like, 
I think that people would get pretty upset if they got killed by just a random mob. Yeah, so. uh, I was actually leveling my alchemy, and I was able to make myself like these pots that increased my armor, and it made questing so much easier. It's kind of neat to think that leveling professions while you're leveling will actually be useful. Yeah, or like having first aid. You know, before it was combined with tailoring, you can make um you can make bandages to heal yourself. That saved me a couple a couple of times yesterday. So that's definitely a useful one to have. Um, but there are a couple things in Classic WoW that people have reported as bugs, but they actually were not. So Kuz, we are going to do a new segment which I'm gonna call Read and Respond. Now you you may have seen this, but way back in way back in May, uh, Blizzard put out a not a bug list, and like I was saying, these are things that people have reported as bugs, uh, but as it turns out, shockingly, they are not. So I'm gonna read off a few of these, and you're gonna tell me what you think about them and whether it's a positive or a negative. Oh, sound like okay. A, sound like a plan? <laughs> sure. All right. So this first one. I thought it was kind of funny. Um, <clears throat> torn hitboxes and their melee reach are larger than that of other races. That makes sense to me, and I think that's pretty neat to have. Okay, so you're okay with it, or you're okay with uh, players having an easier time hitting you, or if things? They're playing a big old tarn, yeah. Yeah, I'm actually surprised that they don't have as big of hitboxes in in the modern. Or, yeah, in, in uh, current WoW, because, yeah, they are bigger. So you, you would think that they would need to, just because I think that goblins have pretty small hitboxes, but I don't know. And I think the Tarn's racial technically isn't even as great as a lot of the others, so why not let them have this little leg up? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because I think their racial, well, their, their racial war stop is, a, it's a free stun, right? Yeah, I think it's a few seconds stun. Yeah. So that's always good. Um, all right. So this next one's not a bug, but I'm gonna ask it anyways. Uh, goblins don't exist yet. Well, they exist. I saw well, some ratchet. They're they're not playable characters. I I mean. I mean that's too bad for the goblin players. I personally wouldn't really miss them that much. Okay, so it's it's a positive then. Neutral. A neutral. Okay. <laughs> um. All right. So. Quests that are available to you don't appear on the mini-map. Also, a neutral, I kind of like the conveniences of having quests show up on the map, but I can understand why people enjoy not having them there. Yeah. I think um, I definitely almost missed a couple quests yesterday. Um, you guys were leveling Torrent, so you probably didn't see it, but there was the one where you're supposed to uh, whack the lazy peons. Um, I definitely missed that one and only noticed it when I went back because I left the Valley of Trials early and had to go back to level my level 6 uh, talents. Uh, we actually missed out on our first stress test leveling our trolls. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, and it was so difficult yesterday, too, because, you know, uh, you had to group up with people to get, like, those those kills for the uh, the named enemies. And then by that point, after, you know, spending two hours in there, I was just like, screw it. I'm not going to go around and look for four different peons that everybody else is also looking for. 
just so that I can whack them for this meager quest reward. So I ended up abandoning it anyways. Um, and I think that's I think that's going to be frustrating to a lot of people who haven't been involved with the stress test or you know are going in, um, you know, having played WoW and its current you know current iteration, and then you know having to deal with a lot of these things. So. Would depend. I think anyone who still actually enjoys old school role playing games, like you, still see a market out for it for on Kickstarter, like Pillars, and there was a new game called Tides of Numenera, which was supposed to be like a spiritual sequel to Planescape Torment. It wasn't, and uh, there's also like the first Mass Effect, Fallout One and Two, and then Elder Scrolls up to Morrowind. So. Oh, okay, I didn't I didn't play the old Elder Scrolls. I've, I think I've only played Skyrim, actually, to be honest with you. So what was different about those old ones from, like, the modern ones? Oh, like, you've noticed uh, they don't have, like, quests appearing on the map. They don't have uh, tracking for these quest objectives either. And uh, there's also a lot more inconveniences you have to deal with. But on the flip side, you also have a lot more freedom and ways to build your characters. So it's kind of like... Uh, Maybe a little more immersive? More immersive, but, you know, trade-offs. You know, some people might value the convenience more, and some people will probably enjoy, you know, a little more rough and tough in order to have a more immersive, genuine experience, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess I can get that. I think that's what I'm looking forward to and like, you know, the current or uh, you know, classic WoW is like, you know, having to have cooking and first aid be high level skills so that way like when if you're out in the wilds and you're killing people or killing enemies and you run out of food, you know, you can have the option to just lay down a campfire and make yourself some food off of the animals you killed or something. Gives you kind of the opportunity to, you know, make your own story. And, you know, as someone who's going to be playing a hunter, you know, that kind of makes me feel like I can get engrossed in that a little bit more, even if I can't be a goblin, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So next, not a bug. Um, players and NPCs who are feared run faster. I think that's a pretty neat addition. Usually a fight or flight does make you react that way yeah i um i don't know i feel like some of these have like pvp implications and i don't know how much how much pvp do you really do Coos? um i actually used to really enjoy pvp back in legion just because they had the templates so i didn't have to like gear up every single character i wanted to pvp with and so like i play elemental shaman and druid and my rogue or whatever i felt like I wanted to play priest just to get him to 110 to play him. I didn't have to gear up with the hearts and the essence and the azurite. So I barely do any PvP now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, um, I'm i kind of the same way. I PvP'd a lot at the beginning of the expansion, and then now I'm kind of in the same spot. It's like I'm, I'm behind on the Heart of, Az- or Heart of Azeroth and... I'm reading all these guides that say, well, you want this for your minor stat and this for your major major essence or whatever. And I'm like, I only have one, so, you know, I don't really know it. I think I just have to have a higher level necklace, but nothing I can really do there. So, yeah, I think, yeah, that's probably also something I'm looking forward to is there's a little bit less tedium, although 
well once you once you uh once you gear up i should say you don't really have to worry about getting caught up yeah once you're in the honor gear you're probably all set to take down most people so all right this next one here you cannot polymorph enemy targets that are tapped by players who are you are not grouped with. Um, kind of bizarre, but okay. <laughs> not really gonna affect you since. Are, are you gonna play a mage in classic? Um, that's my second character I plan on actually playing. Okay, so might be a little frustrating. Well, especially in PvP. Yeah, but I'm not probably gonna PvP much if at all. Yeah. All right. Well, all the uh, all the rest of the bugs were, you know, mildly interesting, but also kind of inconspicuous. Like some of them were saying, like you know, warrior's health regeneration is working as intended, you know, whatever that means. So those aren't really that interesting. But I'm sure we will see uh, plenty of those, you know, quote unquote bugs pop up eventually. So, Kuz, about the uh, about the South Fury Watch, you know, the namesake of our podcast here. What is what's your your role as an officer? Um, is in charge of the scouts, so she's usually in charge of, you know, scouting out territory, figuring out enemy numbers and weaknesses, commander locations. Uh, she also likes to figure out what's going on through the word of mouth and ratchet rumors and. Things that might be happening in the underground, just in case it might end up being a threat. Okay, so when I was talking to Sid, we talked about how the rank structure has kind of changed for the watch, and that everybody is just watchers now, and we don't really have the divisions. Are you just kind of you know hanging around with the people who would have been scouts now? Um, she generally just assigns those sort of things to the people who are inclined to that sort of work. Like she has tech and then she has Kumbozu. But there's not really any other characters I think that have really come to her for that sort of work. I gotcha. And then out of character, do you have any roles as an officer as well? Um, not in particular. I'll sometimes host events and I'll chip in for input where it's asked, but that's about it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's definitely good to have, like, a, you know, a sneaky scout character, and Kuz definitely fits that bill. Though, you've been in the watch for a long time, haven't you? Well, yeah, at least a couple of years. I mean, since, or have you been in any other RP guilds um, on Warmest? Uh, my very first roleplay guild I remember was advertising as this one for teaching new role players since it was my first time in uh, role playing in WoW. I thought I'd join that one, and I was in it for a very brief time. It was ninety percent elves, and all non-elves characters were gimmicky characters. It wasn't my thing, so I looked for a guild that didn't have elves, and I found South Fairy, and I haven't left yet. Oh. <laughs> So, really just elves kind of turned you off then? Oh yeah, definitely. Now, was it the role players themselves, or was it the lore? It was mostly the elves. Like I said, it was basically just elves, and then 
everything else was basically treated as gimmicks or ignored or not treated as seriously. And I like the Horde because it's monster races, not because elves. I think elves are lame. Oh, okay. So elves are not as cool as orcs and tauren and troll then. Yes. Okay, so if you had to if you had to rank the races of the horde top to bottom, who would be at the top? Trolls. Who's next? Uh orcs. Orcs. And then would be what, Torin? Torin, Goblin. Uh are we including the allied races in these or are they just uh no, they're they're just there. Alright, and then let's see Tarn, Goblin, then Undead, and then the Elves. What about Pandaren? Oh, Pandaren would be mm, probably after the Tarn. Over goblins? Yeah. Kuz, I am insulted. Pandas are cute. Well it's not always just about, you know, whether somebody is cute or not though, right? I mean goblins can be cute. Not as not as much as Pandaren. No, I actually kind of actually like their culture that's based off them Chinese. Oh yeah, yeah, their culture is super cool. Um, actually, I think Mr. Pandaria is probably my favorite expansion just because of how well they did it. Um, but have you ever played uh, Total War? Yeah, I have. I've played uh, Rome. Oh okay, so th- they just released a new one. Uh, well, they didn't just, maybe a couple months ago, uh, Three Kingdoms. Um, I don't know if you, have you played that one or, or have you heard of that time period? Uh, Three Kingdoms is actually very popular, I think, poem or epic about a, yeah, heard about it. Yeah, so it's it's actually like one of the most popular books in Chinese culture is what I read. And it was like, it was at the end of the Han Dynasty. Um and uh you know this this emperor or this emperor child gets captured or whatever and a bunch of these warlords rise up to take the throne or you know something like that it was really interesting and so they made uh total war based off of that and um one of my one of my good friends is a pandaren role player and he was saying that like oh yeah you didn't know about this like that's what a lot of pandaren role players like base their rp off of um because beforehand to be honest with you i thought that pandaren were uh, Japanese, which was probably offensive looking back on it, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it's actually Chinese. So I don't know that, that was a really interesting revelation to me. So it kind of like made me gain respect for Pandaren, but maybe a little too late because, you know, that game just came out and we're a couple years away from MOP. So, oh, well. Yeah, I actually didn't really get to play Pandaria at all when it was current. I was still leveling, and then I was hitting a hardship, and I couldn't afford a sub anymore. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't afford it for a while. By the time I came back, it was late wad, and uh, it was Hellfire Citadel that was current. That was my first raiding experience. Oh, okay. So, all right. So then you've you really have only been raiding for. I mean, a couple years now, I guess, since Legion was two years. But, you know, how did you like Hellfire Citadel? It was my first raiding experience, but I thought it was really cool. But I was also playing a Disc Priest, so all I did was spam shields. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think that was a... It was a really good raid that came at an unfortunate time in an expansion because, 
you know, I don't know what your opinion on Watt is, but it, it wasn't very good. Um, but I think that Hellfire Citadel was probably my favorite raid just because the, the fights were really complex um, and the bosses were cool. And, you know, once you got over the fact that most of them were orcs and fell themed, you know, there, there was a lot of good quest design or not quest design, uh, fight design in there. So I don't know. I'm a big fan of the Hellfire Citadel raid. I think there was a lot of really neat designs in WAD. I mean, I can understand the hatred for it. I came in late, and I remember I grinded the two weeks to get flying, and I didn't have to deal with most of the bullcrap, at least. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I mean, the problem with WAD was that the questing experience was really good, and then the game just really fell off once you got to the end of that. Um like, the first raid that they released, Time All, didn't have a tier set in it. And then they said that um, Black Rock Foundry was going to come out shortly afterwards. But it took, like, six months for that raid to come out. And Ooh. so it was um, it was just a really long stretch of people looking for content to do that just wasn't showing up. And so we were just stuck with Ashran, which became a progressively worse and worse instance to be in. Um just with like changes that they made to the realm grouping um, and the changes that they made to how the quests worked. And it basically just became this thing where you would join a group on the group finder and, you know, hope that you didn't run into another organized group. Otherwise you would just sit there and lose. So warlords earned some of its hate, but hellfire Citadel was a good raid. I still don't like the first one. That's basically just trash. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, which one? Hellfire Assault. Oh yeah, that boss. Well, I thought it was good thematically, but yeah, I agree with you there that it's it wasn't really a good raid. It was just like a bunch of mobs popping up, and you had to drag boxes to the cannons. So, not very exciting. Yeah, and then when you want to run that dungeon for transmog, it drags. Yeah, I know. Difficult to do solo. Yeah. Play a druid, then it's not so bad. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. So anyways, back to the watch. So you, you've been in the watch for several years now. And when we were talking to, to Vazrock in episode one, um, we, you know, he told us that Vazrock actually died in a duel because of coups, right? Yep. That uh, actually had to deal with a storyline that began about seven months earlier where Kuzessa was revealed to be a traitor and uh that was basically oh uh, what's the word penultimate moment in the end of that storyline so vaz dying was like the second to last good thing that happened there or maybe i'd call it the climax oh the climax okay so how was kuz a traitor um, she had originally joined the Watch as a um, part of his organization, the Uncrowned, and uh, to keep watch on activity in the Barrens. They didn't during that time. They didn't want fights erupting between the Horde and Alliance because if it became fractured, they went to war with each other. Then they just lose against the Legion, and she was basically there to make sure that such issues didn't arrive since if there was a lot of trouble from humans in the homeland then you're in deep shit there yeah and people aren't going to go to help out against the uh the undead or not the undead <laughs> the demons yeah 
Oh, okay. So that's a that's a nice little tor uh, lore bit. I didn't know that Kuzesa was a uh, you know agent of the Uncrowned. Yep, and uh, she's got a lot of secrets that she hasn't really revealed to a lot of people. I don't think even uh, Kumbozu knows about that. But that's also a very dangerous bit of knowledge, so you know, she wouldn't really tell anyone about it. Are there any secrets that you can reveal to us here tonight that have been previously unknown? Um, who doesn't like to talk about is uh, her history where uh, her father had a gambling issue. And in that issue, uh, she had ended up becoming the third wife of the Zul of her tribe. And she had been uh, violently assaulted and sexually, and it's actually traumatized her. So she actually doesn't really like being touched by most people. Oh. She doesn't really talk about that with anyone because it's generally not something you want to talk with other people. Sure. Yeah, I can I can understand that one. So maybe not necessarily like secrets of allegiances, but just, you know, secrets of, you know, who she is and how she came to be where she is. Yeah, and she also doesn't talk about her first husband very much since uh, he then died in a hunting accident in a storm where she had accidentally mistook him for a beast. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. And so now Kombozu is her is her husband right now, yeah. right? And he's a little more reliable and less likely to get killed in a hunting accident. He is too. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. So, all right. So, is there any are there any other things that we should know about you know Kuzesa as a character? Um, to know about her. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but no, no. <laughs> just figured I'd ask because, you know, my next, uh, my next question to you was going to be, you know, do you think that you're uh, a valuable source of troll lore? Um, I would like to think so. I'm probably not the troll guru, but I think I know my stuff pretty well. Well, that is uh, that's excellent to hear, Kuz, because as our audience has uh, you know bravely been awaiting, we have reached the part in our podcast where I get to uh, ask you the questions of torment, or uh, you know torment you with questions that you may or not know the answers to, and listen to you struggle as you try to find the right answer. Well, I'm gonna fail every single one. Well, okay. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I am, of course, you know, talking about the lore master feat of strength. But there is a special caveat on tonight's uh, round of questions, Kuz. We are introducing a new mechanic to this segment um, called the Mythic Plus lore master feat of strength, where if you are able to uh, complete the quote-unquote dungeon, the first five questions without quote-unquote wiping or getting a question wrong, you can then proceed into uh, the next five questions, which you can stop at any time. And if you continue to get questions right up to 10 questions, you will earn various prizes. So it's very exciting. Okay. But of course, we need to, yeah, we need to overcome this obstacle of the first five questions to begin with. So are you feeling ready? Not at all. <laughs> okay. Well, this first question should at least get us on the intro here, or you know, make us feel uh, 
more acclimated to the the theme so there are a good number of troll tribes throughout Azeroth however I would like you to name at least five jungle troll tribes or jungle troll organizations oh well that's much easier okay there's the dark spear um the Shadow Spear used to be in Stranglethorn. I don't know if you're going to count those. Skull Splitter, uh, Blood Scalp, Gurubashi, uh, Razor Branch. He was the previous Faraki before the Sundering. I don't know if that's also another included. Um, oh, how many is that? Seven? Um, yeah, I think it's six. Okay. Oh. So yeah, I guess I guess you got five. Did you say Guru Bashi? Yeah. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah, you got you got Skull Splitter, Shatter Spirit, Guru Bashi, Dark Spear, and Blood Scalp. And then yeah, you said the other guys, but Hakari was one of the ones that I had listed here, so that's kind of the same thing. Wow, very good. So you got question one, no problem. So do you feel a little bit better? A little. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, this next one might make you feel differently. Uh, question two. We meet many Loa in the flesh in Zandalar. However, several of them are entirely new. Which of the following Loa has been mentioned in the game in previous expansions before Battle of Azeroth? Is it A. Gonk, the Great Hunter? B. Akunda, Loa of New Beginnings? C. Grawl, Loa of the Sea? Or D. Johnny? god of garbage uh it's gonk and i'm pretty sure it's pronounced akunda for the second one. Oh, how did i say it akunda yeah okay. sorry <laughs> uh, i'm not good with the um with the troll inflections akunda akunda tomato tomato i am akunda. and yeah and yes it is gonk so now do you know when gonk is mentioned previously um I think Gonk is mentioned pretty early on. I know that he was definitely mentioned in Cataclysm when, uh, what's his name again? Zalazane was uh, trying to take over the Starkspear Isles again. Yeah. Yeah, so it's one of the druids there talks about how Gonk taught them to look at Loa differently and worship all of them at different times, right? Yeah, how to worship multiple and so basically were able to become druids yeah all right well good so you got two out of five so far which is good so this next question question three in the broken shore cinematic vulgin is dramatically stabbed uh, and thus he is doomed to die what kind of demon stabs vulgin is it a a doom guard B, a Felguard. C, a Vile Fiend. Or D, a Wrathguard. Uh, what was the first two again? Doomguard and uh, Felguard? Yeah, Doomguard and Felguard. I don't remember which one looks like which. Uh, Felguard? Yay! <laughs> yeah, so Doomguards are actually the ones with the giant mouths and the wings. Okay. So yeah, Felguard is the uh, right answer. They're kind of like the, the regular infantry of those ones there. So yes, the correct answer is B, Felguard. 
Yay! Alright, so as is our tradition here, these questions definitely get more difficult the farther that we go in. So this next one is sure to test your knowledge. Um, question four. And I might butcher the pronounce, pronunciation on this. Uh, John Alai is one of the bosses in both the original Zolomon raid from Burning Crusade and also the five-man dungeon and Cataclysm. What? Oh god, okay. I was got my question was what animal is John Alai the avatar of? <laughs> so, uh, is it A the eagle, B the snake, C the bear, or D the dragonhawk? Dragonhawk. Oh, you got it. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> I think it's always funny when you guys are able to just name the the, the answer without me even giving you the options. <laughs> so, that's good. Alright. This last question is really difficult. Oh no. Yep. Alright, last question. Drakuru is an ambitious Drakari troll who ascends from a prisoner to an overlord partially with the help of a player. Uh, he cultivates Zoldrak into a land corrupted by scour Scourge magic and fills it with undead, causing the locals to sacrifice their Loa and for the Argent Crusade to bring their battle there. Drakuru commands this transformation from a Scourge Necropolis. What is the name of his Necropolis? Is it A. Malikris? B. Talramis. C. Zeramis. Or D. Volteris. Oh, I don't know this one at all. Uh, Zeramis? Is that what you said? Uh, yes. Zeramis. And then D is Volteris. B is Talramis. And A is Malikris. Okay. I don't know this one also. I'll say Zeramis. Zeramis? Yes. Uh, unfortunately, Kuz, it was D. Volteris. Well, that's alright. You got four out of five, which is pretty good, right? I guess. Yeah. That last one was kind of a stretch for a troll war question too, but that's part of the uh, that's part of the feat of strength. Yeah. Well, all right, Kuz, you gave it your best shot. Um, and, uh, you know, I just wanted to say again that I appreciate you have, or having you on tonight. It was very nice talking with you. Yeah, it was uh, nice uh, talking with you, too. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. All right, well, everybody listening at home, thanks for checking in for our fifth episode of the South Fury uh, podcast. We will catch you next time. <laughs>